Welcome to this week's edition of Good Books Radio. Audiobooks.com is the chief underwriter for Good Books Radio, which is produced by UTRGV Media Services for Rio Grande Valley Public Radio. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Cook. Welcome once again to another edition of Good Books Radio. I'm your host, Dr. John Cook. And with me today is the author of an ebook that's available on Amazon called I Choose Forgiveness. Edwin Gaines is an ordained unity minister and author of the best-selling book, Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, and she's also my greatest spiritual mentor, and I'm really honored to have her with us on the program today. Welcome to the program, Edwin. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be with you, Dr. John. Thank you. Uh, this book was great. Uh, it, it covers so many things that we've talked about in workshops and, and things we've done together. Uh, one of the four spiritual laws of prosperity is forgiveness, is it not? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We hold back in the, receiving go our ahead. good when we get stuck in our blame and shame and guilt. So forgiveness is a way to, to remove some barriers. Mm-hmm. It, the, the forward is by another grand lady of Unity Church, Catherine yes. Ponder, who's yes. an inspirational spiritual leader and um, she says forgiveness heals and changes lives. You'd have, I, ten, I, ten, I tend to think you would agree with that. Absolutely. It certainly changed my life. And everyone that I talk with who has a forgiveness story it can give you just a unbelievable results from having done the work. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with the intro. Forgiveness is an act of self-love is one of the things you say. How so? Yes. yes. Well, we use unforgiveness, we use guilt and shame, we use blame and judgment uh, to keep ourselves playing small. It keeps us feeling unworthy, it keeps us feeling guilty and um, not taking responsibility for our own lives. And so when we decide to forgive ourselves and we come into the realization that we've all done the best we know how to do every one of us if we had known better we would have done better we've got to give up living in the past yes i did those things i am so sorry i repent now the word repent really means rethink those of you who are Spanish speakers know that pensar is the verb for to think. So when we're rethinking our past, we can see that whatever we did, we did out of a need to survive or to look good or to keep from being shamed publicly or whatever reason we used, we thought that's how we had to do it. So we don't we wouldn't do it the same way if we had it to do over now. So we've got to let go any pain and suffering attached to those old memories. Let's let's talk a minute about that pain and shame and and so forth. Yes. Uh one of the things you say is it's time to heal your past, but people tend to cling to the past for some reason. Yes, yes, yes they do because that's all they know actually. They don't don't know the future and they know they know how they've behaved in the past, and they know how they've been treated. And you know, one of the one of the most difficult statements I hear people make, difficult for me to accept, is "I just can't forgive." And you know, that's really a lie. The truth is, you just won't forgive. And everybody mm-hmm. has the right to change their mind at any given moment and say, "Wait a minute. Yes, I realize that so and so did it to me." or I did it to him or her, then what I can do is look at that in a new way and say, you know, 
I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry they did that to me or I did that to them. If we both had the opportunity to redo these things, we would probably do them differently today. So why continue the suffering from something that's not happening right now? Right now, I can forgive myself and forgive them and begin anew. And that's the power of giving yourself permission just to begin. You don't have to finish it completely in one day, but just give yourself permission to take the first step. I am willing to forgive. You know, I think it's important to emphasize that one of the things you talk about a lot is self-forgiveness. And uh, that's an act of self-love in and of yes, itself. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Because we've all done things that we wouldn't want up on the blimp flashing over the ball game. You know, we have <laughs> things we wouldn't want our grandma to know about. We are, Every single one of us has a, a little pocket of shame or sometimes a large pocket of shame and guilt. And what we have to do is realize truly, I'm restating it, we did the best we could at the time. We're not there now. We're different now. We've changed. We've grown. We've evolved. And we can forgive. We would forgive a little child, wouldn't we? Well, that was a childlike behavior coming from us. We have to forgive that little. If the little child spilled the milk, we wouldn't beat him up. And yet so many people continuously beat themselves up for things that they did when they didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Now let's turn to the part where... Most people have trouble giving, uh, forgiving, and that's about our exes, our ex-lovers, our ex-business partners, our ex-bosses, our ex-neighbors, our ex-employees. Oh, uh, yes, and I have more than my share. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? When we stop to look at it, there's a law in metaphysics, a law in the universe that says, and I don't particularly like this law when I think about my past, but the law says like attracts like. So those people that we invited into our lives, whether we realized we we did or not, we invited them in because they had something to teach us and something to learn from us. And so if we keep holding them hostage with unforgiveness, then we're going to keep repeating that same lesson over and over until we learn it. And so the, the the best gift you can give yourself is to forgive your ex, because if you have any feelings other than love and appreciation for your exes, then you haven't learned the lesson, and you are you are going to repeat it even unconsciously, not even knowing what you're doing. You'll find yourself again in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Different faces, different names, but yes, the same exactly. situation. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's start with the technique number one, beginning to forgive. You have yes. 12 empowering questions. Yes. Uh, which I, one would you emphasize? <laughs> well, I would start with the first one I ask myself is, is there anyone anywhere that I have put out of my heart? I ask myself that every night before I go to sleep. Have I put anyone out of my heart today? And many days I have, you know, I I didn't get the service I expected or somebody cut me off in traffic or, you know, those little um, occasions that happen in daily life. And I have to stop and say, okay, that was me judging again. Yeah. So I'm forgiving myself and I'm forgiving them and all is cleared up between us now and forever. And then I look, John, to see what I was doing in that situation. And it's always the same issue for me. It's a control issue. 
I know how other people ought to behave, and I hear that. I'm working on it. But, you know, (laughs) as we all are, that judgment of other people is so much easier to do than judging ourselves. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, the fact that you do this every night reminds yes. me of something that you spoke in a seminar a long time ago. When are we done with our forgiveness? Uh, you know, I don't know that we ever are. I, I haven't reached that point. I, I say in the uh, conclusion of my book that I can imagine that saints and sages and wisdom figures, and they've probably completed it, but I'm not anywhere near that because every day there's little something that I wish I hadn't done or wish I hadn't said or wish I had done differently. And so I'm constantly forgiving myself. And I think that's an act of self-love, as you mentioned earlier. And I always, about coming back to beginning to forgive, I have to look and to see about my past. Is there someone or some situation that I have great difficulty in forgiving? And, you know, I did. I, I had great difficulty in forgiving my first husband. I won't go into the drama about it, but, you know, he was not the handsome prince that I wanted him to be. That was my judgment, okay? And so I had a lot of anger and frustration and feelings of uh, betrayal and all sorts of things that I carried around for years. And I realized if I'm going to progress I've got to stop this nonsense, and I've got to look for the good. What happened that came out of this relationship that was really good? And I found things that were good. I found that I began to own my own power and stop being a doormat. And I found that we had a beautiful child that came out of this and that I learned a lot of lessons as uh, I was working and he was going to school. So I think the whole notion for me is – if we can focus on the good rather than negativity, what you focus on, you draw to you. So if you focus on good, you're drawing more good to you. If you focus on negativity, you're drawing more negativity. So it's in your best it's in your best interest to stop the negativity and say, look, I'm going to look for the good in this. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that, that sort of speaks to the second technique practicing humility yes. and uh you know we really have to we really have to get, eat some humble pie a lot uh, <laughs> I, I know that one of the phrases that you you used when we were talking about uh when am i done forgiving and you're yes. you're done forgiving when you don't have a body anymore Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And the the whole the whole notion of allowing your vulnerability to show you know, to go to someone and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I I wasn't acting the way that I want to be known for acting. I, I embarrass myself by doing what I... It takes such courage and such power to forgive. Uh, I think it's the Bhagavad Gita that says, only the brave can forgive. And to allow yourself to feel that vulnerability and go to someone that you know that you mistreated or wronged or disappointed or cheated or lied to, to go to them and have the courage to say, please forgive me. It's powerful. There's a, there's a powerful question in that, 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 that second technique. What do I want, revenge or peace? And I think with the people <laughs> I've worked with on this, that, that, that revenge is something they re- really rather have. Than yes, peace. exactly. 
Exactly. And, you know, we can see that every day as we watch television. The news is all about whose fault is it rather than what's the solution. And it doesn't matter who was wrong in the past. What matters is what can we do to solve this problem? What can I do to bring peace into my life? Well, I can stop bad-mouthing my ex or my mother-in-law or my cousins or whoever it is, the president. I can stop bad-mouthing and start praising anything that I can find to praise. You know that, that wonderful Bible quote, whatsoever things are true, think on these things. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And to catch yourself. I'm trying my very best every day to catch myself when I tend toward the judgment rather than the praise. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about what we speak. You, you mentioned that every word we speak is either creative or destructive, yes. and that we need to be cautious with criticism and complaint. Yes, uh, that we need to we need to be, watch our words carefully. In fact, yes. your father used to say to you, "Watch your mouth, honey, child." According to right. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you use affirmations a lot in this book. Let's talk about the power of affirmation. Well, you know the in in teaching about the power of affirmations, I like to call people's attention if they're into Bible study. God did not create heaven and earth. God spoke it into existence. The scriptures say, and God said, "Let there be." And our power of our words, the power of the spoken word, is the power to create. You've probably seen that little story recently that I saw on Facebook. This is abracadabra, those magical words, abracadabra. They actually mean, I create as I speak. So Mm. when we speak, if we speak negatively, we're drawing negativity to us. But when we speak positively, for example... One of my favorite affirmations is I quickly, gently, and tenderly forgive myself as I catch myself judging others. That's in the the first chapter on beginning to forgive. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, that's not. That's in watch uh, what uh, what watch for karma. That forgiveness technique. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a powerful one. Another way you use words to change the course of, of people's lives is you recommend using power statements at technique number four. What are power statements? Power statements are statements that that you, whether they're true or not, you want them to be true, and so you're gonna you're saying them until they become true. For example, many people who've heard me speak know that I usually open a workshop with my name is Edwin Gaines, and what I want you to know about me is that I am a woman of power. That is a power statement, obviously. But other power statements are, I give myself permission to be on time for all my activities. It is easy and fun for me to create new projects. You see, we're we're building up this energy system in us that lets us be a winner instead of a loser. We give ourselves permission to say things that we want to be true. For example, I'm in perfect health. No matter what the body is telling me right now, I know that my body is coming into alignment with its divine power, its divine pattern. So we have to look at the things that are are annoying us or giving us issues to to be concerned about and change the thought 
there's so much scientific evidence now about the power of prayer when instead of focusing on the problem, we focus on the solution. For example, I'm feeling great about my new book. It's selling like hotcakes. That is an affirmation of power. Yeah? It builds up rather than tears down. Mm-hmm. And the, the the psychology of that, that the expectations tend to be fulfilled, fits exactly. right in with that notion as well. Exactly. Know? Yes, what we, what we focus on, we draw to us. So if I'm focusing on building myself up, not to be better than, <clears throat> but to be as good as I really am at my core. And every human being has to come to that realization that you, you are not junk. You are made in the image and likeness of the highest and holiest. There's a power in you that's greater than any power in the world. You have to own that and step out of your comfort zone and act like you belong here and that you have a gift to give. That's our job. Okay, good. Now, technique number five intrigued me. I've practiced a number of techniques that you've taught, but this one is new. It's writing our angels. Yes. You say sometimes when we get stuck, we should write a letter to our guardian angel, and the question is asked, what if we did not know we had one? <laughs> well, mo- most people don't pay much attention to it. So it it, it, um, it requires us to step outside of our belief system and do like play like as a child. We would play pirate or we would play doctor or we'd play whatever. <clears throat> this is allowing us to go back into that childlike um, experience in our minds, in our hearts. And even if we don't believe in angels, we pretend like we have one for a moment. And you write, what if you did have one? Pretend like you do. Write one and ask them for whatever you want. Or one of the, the uh, uh, techniques that Catherine Ponder teaches that I've used a lot is to write the angel of the person you're having difficulty with. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a great one? Wow. I love that. Yeah. That has really worked for me a lot. But writing my own angel allows me to have that, I don't know, it's almost like, almost like a mystical feeling of there's more to what's going on here. Well, the, the, Shakespeare said it. There are more things in heaven and earth a ratio than are dreamt of in your philosophy. There are more things out there that that I don't know about but there've been a there's been a lot of writing about angels. So what if it's true? What if I do have one? Let me write one and just pretend like I do. And I'm telling you, something happens in the system, in my system when I do that. There's a lightness that arises, there's a sense of confidence, a sense of being nurtured and loved and protected, and I find it extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of the suggestions is that you have a little burning bowl ceremony about whatever you wrote the angel about yes. regarding being yes. stuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to get rid of it. Just a little burning bowl. And I, I, one of my girlfriends I, uh, 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 writes hers with a flare pen. She writes them on toilet paper, and then she flushes them down the toilet. It's the, the <laughs> symbology of getting rid of it. You know, I think it's a beautiful image. <laughs> uh Okay, so I want to I want to talk about loving your enemies because I think that's so important. Gosh. Dale Carnegie says, "When we hate our enemies, we're giving them power over us." Exactly. So we have to forgive them. Exactly. Yeah, but you see, I think our enemies, or what we have called our enemies, are our greatest teachers. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, if we look at someone that that really stirs up emotion that, I don't know whether it's bitterness or resentment or just anger, that person is showing us something about ourselves, that not about them, but about ourselves. You know, that, mm-hmm. that quote by Henri Nguyen, forgiveness is the name of love practiced among people who love poorly. Oh, I I Ooh. don't want to love per- poorly. I, I want to love richly. And so, but forgiveness is the beginning part of that. Because when I can see that this person that I've really called my enemy is really becoming what I call a worthy adversary who's showing me where my weaknesses are in loving mm-hmm. poorly. It's a great lesson and it, it it really inspires me not to have any enemies. You know, what if I consider everyone my friend, my teacher, my beloved? Because my goal is to love everyone the way God loves them. And I find some of them harder to love than others. And I'm still not through with this one, up, obviously. Super. <laughs> okay, so let's let's connect to prosperity and abundance a little bit. Forgive us our debt. Yes. Talk about that. Yes. Well, I realized for myself that all financial debt is about unforgiveness. And I came uh-huh. about that to that discovery when <clears throat> pardon me, I was re, I was doing a personal study of the Lord's Prayer. And I was going line by line trying to get all the meat out of it that I could get. And when I came to the one of forgive us our trespasses, the King James Version. King James Version, forgive us our trespasses and we forgive those who trespass against us. I realized I really didn't know what that meant. You know, trespass is not a word we use too much out in public, but here in Alabama, if you trespass on somebody's property, they'll shoot you, you know? So I realized I'm not going to be doing that. I'm not going to be trespassing. So I looked it up in Living Bible, and of course that one's translated as forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And I realized I had a lot of debt at that time. And so I began to see that to the degree that I hold on to unforgiveness, to that same degree, I will be in debt. It's like an equal equation. So if you're in debt, let's say you're $50,000 in debt, you have $50,000 worth of forgiveness to do for yourself and others. So when I got busy doing my forgiveness work, I cleared up an amazing amount of debt. In fact, all of my debt I cleared up within a year. The first Mm -hmm. six months I got most of it. But within a year, I have no debt now. I haven't haven't had any debt, have no mortgage. My mortgages are are paid for. I don't have a car payment. I pay cash for a car. I, I just bought another property. I pay cash for it because I don't have any reason uh, to create debt anymore, because I work on my forgiveness work every single day. Mm-hmm. Well, let's pick up a technique that I've used a lot. In fact, I filled a lot of legal pads with this one, the seventy times seven. Technique. Oh yes, yes. I I really had to. That one I did after my last divorce, when I really had a hard time, and I went to the scriptures, looking again to find some answers and. I remember when the, the disciples went to Jesus and they said, essentially, how many times do we have to forgive these people? And he said, 70 times 7. 
So I mm-hmm. didn't know what that meant, so I took it literally and I wrote it out. I, Edween, forgive myself completely. 35 times in the morning, 35 times the evening for seven days. That's 70 times seven. Mm-hmm. I really felt something going on in my soul as I did so. So the next week I did my ex, then the next week my father, the next week my mother, next week my daughter. I just went through everybody I needed to forgive, even all previous relationships. And I did this work for almost a little over a year, I think it was. And I got that little lump on my finger from writing, you know, in the, like we did in elementary school. And <laughs> I felt so good doing it. Sometimes I would cry, but at the end of that period, I was debt-free. Thank you, God. Completely debt-free. And I don't really know, I can't tell you how it happened other than uh, money came to me from all directions. Um, People gave me love offerings, and I sold a little piece of property, and just, just money kept coming in. And I was able to pay all the debts off, and I've been debt-free ever since. I'm truly grateful, truly grateful. That's, that's tremendous. And I'm, I know in this day and age when we're looking at what the economic statistics say, there's an awful lot of people that could benefit from getting rid of their debt. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Especially those people who have a lot of resentment around the, about their college loans. If they would start mm-hmm. doing some forgiveness work, just b- beginning – you know, I forgive myself completely. You don't have to say what for, but do that. Forgive yourself first, 35 in the morning, 35 in the evening for seven days, and write it out. And your my ego would tell me, you don't need to do this, Edwin. But I, I said, yeah, I know, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I stuck to it, and I'm telling you, it paid off. The next technique connects to that because it's the, about the power of affirmation, standing firm with forgiveness and affirmation. And there's a great affirmation that I just want to read because it was it, I need to write this one 70 times 7. I forgive my parents, siblings, other relatives, execs, partners, neighbors, boss, coworkers, employees, drivers, politicians, institutions, absolutely everyone. <laughs> I know. That says a lot about me, doesn't it, <laughs> when I write that stuff? <laughs> Not that I've ever made a judgment, of course, many months. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I, I, I'm judgment-free myself. But, you know, this is really, you know, when you start listening off, it's like, Wow. I, I think I could add to that list if I really thought about it. Oh, I'm sure we could. <laughs> I, I probably left out some. But, you know, I think the the important part right now for me, because I know we're coming close to the end of our conversation, but I want to encourage people just to begin. And, you know, if, if my book can help you, I would love it. It's called I Choose Forgiveness. It's on Amazon Kindle. It's only five ninety nine. I know it will help you. But even if you don't get it, Give yourself permission to begin, even if it's difficult. Just say, I give myself permission to to begin to forgive. And then let that unfold. Amazing things will happen for you. Well, I'm affirming that lots of people will take this book and use it and apply it in the world because the world will be a better place with spiritual transformation and forgiveness. Thank you. And we should mention there's appendices in there that are very useful. There's Appendix 2 is about forgiveness questions and answers that, that are really helpful, and we don't have time to touch on it. Yeah. This, has been, this has been a great opportunity uh, for me to talk to you about this book. I will Thank be using you. it, and I recommend it highly. The book is I Choose Forgiveness. The author said Wayne Gaines. I want to thank you for listening today. If you don't catch our regularly scheduled broadcast, you can catch up with us on YouTube at Good Books Radio Strong and Cook. Thanks for listening and make it a great day.